I love that we said we were going to do bloopers and I'm totally getting into like serious topics. <sighs> we can't help it. I, I, it's all relevant. <laughs> it uh, is all relevant. So I was going back through the archives. Do you remember? Do you remember the shows you were on? The numbers? Like all the shows I've ever done? No, no. So like, you remember I was your first podcast. Ours. Yes. yes. I was so, I was like over the moon. I was like, guys, all day long, I'm doing my first podcast interview. Yeah, you're my first. Yes. So that was number, number 32. And then I forgot that we had done a follow-up after you won. And you were number 58. You were episode 58. So this was like early days of the podcast because now I'm on like almost show 200. Um, yeah, it's crazy that it's still still going. But I was like, oh my God, we yeah, were right. we were little little babies back then. Yeah, we did do a follow-up. And then you were on my panel, like my really like big, big panel. I've I've been doing like small ones like that in like local libraries. That was like my first one was a venue and like an audience. Yeah. So fun. And I had my friends come out, they're like, you sound really smart. I'm like, I'm always smart. <laughs> <laughs> no they didn't say that <laughs> I just remember you had like makeup artists there and I was like oh I finally found like I had my makeup done on point <laughs> I did you're right that was a good time and it was. We are. I'm so glad that it, it's like full circle again yeah because we could not be doing panels like that for a while so I'm glad that we got yeah. them in because like we had some great photo ops that <laughs> really helped with there promo. Was some good pictures I still look at those pictures I'm like yeah, that was this was a pretty legit event. Yeah, it was great. We got to do it because and I'm moving back to DC. I'm ready, girl. I I am, I don't think you understand how ready I. Am. <laughs> I felt that though. I felt it in my chest. <laughs> can we can we just talk? <laughs> um, you know, there's something about moving away from where you're meant to be that really tells you you're meant to go back oh. but as a different version of yourself even better even better so let's yeah. let's use this kind of like recap like what's been going on since 2019 I mean we've kind of been texting I've been you know I'm I'm an yeah. Instagram stalker it's what I do um but what's what's been up with you what what's getting you fired up what are you working on you know, it's interesting. I feel like um, you were mentioning earlier places that you're meant to be kind of make your way back to. And I don't feel that way with an actual physical location, but I feel that way with like specific passions. Mm. So thinking back from even our my first pop, my, my first time on a podcast, which was episode 32 for you, like all of my passions and ambitions are exactly the same as they are today. And there's just been like, different areas of progression, especially in the networking arena, especially in what my events have grown to be. I got a lot of advice. I'm like, you have to find a niche. And I just thought people were ridiculous back then. But like, I feel like that's kind of happened organically. So since then, I've been really harping on just doing a lot more panels specifically for women around any topic of mental health. The past few ones that I've had have been centered around um, self-care, from Mental Health Health Awareness Month, but how to look for signs of knowing what you're needing in the first place before meeting those needs. Imposter syndrome. And then we've got a few others coming up on the line as well. And that's just been like the main things I've been pouring myself into. And 
it honestly doesn't feel like it because I love, I love it so much. (laughs) And when I first met you, I had just gotten my license as an independent therapist. So I was still kind of like what behind the ears in terms of being on my own, no supervision, just like finding my own, like my own flow in the clinical space, my one-on-one work. And I feel like that's come a very long way. And I feel like the niches that I've kind of ended up in are around like neuroscience, (laughs) of course, mindfulness. That was like, one area I was always interested in, um, more DBT, a lot more trauma. And so like, those are the areas that I've really been growing in professionally and just been attracting different clients. Like I work for a private practice as a contractor and I'll be starting my own very soon, early next year with a really good friend of mine. Who's also an amazing therapist. So we're like combining forces on this front business wise, and then we're going to help a lot more people. And have a few more other colleagues coming on board with that too. So a lot of growth like in this space as a provider, but I also feel like that's been the best thing for me as a person because when I first started, I was like, you know, I should really start to put some of these things into practice myself. So when I am teaching a different skill or technique to someone or giving an explanation around a certain symptom, I can not just speak from experience of having experienced similar things or similar circumstances, but also like, no, I've tried this out. Here's what works. Here's what's come up for me. Here's what I would advise in terms of moving forward for you. And so I just feel like it's made me such a more centered and balanced person. Per, per personal life, a lot of moving parts, a lot of really tough, tough experiences. Um, I lost my father unexpectedly last Mother's Day, like saw him one week, got a call that Sunday, like, oh, you know, I'm sorry, he's gone. And that like, that really pulled the rug from beneath my feet, to say the very least. Um, I've experienced losses before. I think even the panel that you were on for me, I had just um, gotten news about my grandmother's health mm-hmm. declining, and she passed like a week after that. But I kind of knew that was coming. And this was just like, it was very traumatic, very traumatic for me. It was something that I was not sure I could ever bounce back from. And I had a lot of support in my life, people saying all the right things, but nothing like worked, nothing helped. And it took me a while to even get back to seeing clients again. I like stopped posting. I just kind of really disconnected from everything, which I think that was actually the best thing for me because I kind of didn't realize like how kind of like sucked into this virtual world I was in of just like, I've got to do this and I've got to post and I've got to be everywhere and do this and do that. Like, I think we all kind of found ourselves there during the pandemic, but not out of a choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, We had no choice. So we just kind of ended up there without autonomy because we had to, but to make the decision of, I'm just going to disconnect from the things that aren't that important essentially, and just find my own way again and find my own self and my own time was like my biggest takeaway from that. And it's one of those experiences where, you have to just let your body and your mind go through the motions. And that's not something that you can rush. And the biggest thing I just kept telling myself was that, um, you know, I will eventually move on when I'm completely ready. And I'm just going to allow that to happen in its own time, because it's going to happen. And what that looks like and how, like, I know that I'll be okay, regardless. And although this is extremely uncomfortable, I'm still safe, I'm still fine. So just kind of like finding my own ways of anchoring myself and some semblance of some kind of balance was really important for me. I had to kind of pull in on different things. I've been teaching people for, you know, a good few years at that point and apply that to myself, my own personal life. Um, And just kind of like find my way back to like me at my core 
which, you know, I relied a lot on things that made me happy, like more creative things. Like I also love to sing. I love art. And I like found a lot of healing through that. My father was a high life musician from Ghana, actually. So like we really bonded over music. And so, you know, I allowed like that space to really heal me essentially. And honestly, the vulnerability, like people now ask me, well, maybe you asked it this later, but so I won't say it now, but <laughs> I feel like vulnerability was an area that I didn't know could coexist with also being strong, with also being a professional or an expert of some kind. I, you know, five years ago would have thought that that's someone who, someone who's sure of themselves is just strong and just, you know, puts all their energy out there and they're driven and they're motivated, but I realized it's not one or the other. So I know people were really asking me, like, how are you doing? And I had to be honest, like, I'm not good. I don't know when I'm going to be good, but that's mm -hmm. just that, you know? And I just kind of like let it all go. And then maybe the last month or so, I'm like, you know what? I feel more like a, myself, but a better version of myself. So I felt that too. <laughs> I I so appreciate the honesty around that. Um that felt so grounded and rooted in your truth. And I know like a lot of people will go on podcasts or when they're posting on Instagram and they're literally smiling as they're telling the story of like trauma and growth mm -hmm. and vulnerability. And the, the thing that really stuck out to me is like you became your own anchor. And I think so much that is out there in the alternate metaverse universe, whatever it is, is about being engines, about moving, about being in action and going and doing and producing that we don't have that center point to anchor to, that home base to come back to. And it sounds like as awful as I know that experience was for you. And, and I, I have never lost a parent, so I can't, I can't know that pain, but I have similar pain, um, in loss, knowing yeah. that it's even more intense for you. The fact that you were like, I need to sit with this and I need to not fake it and put the smile on. And you have a background in pageantry, which, you know, is another skill set of smile through it. Everything's fine. Everything will be fine. But you knew enough about yourself and about mental health and about healing to not do that. And I, and I want to commend you for that because in that others can look to you as an example of, I don't have to be okay today. I don't have to be okay tomorrow, but I know one day I'm going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, I think those are important <laughs> reminders that we all need, honestly. But nobody says it. Like, <laughs> I know you say, it, I say it as much as I can, but it's, I, I just see such a veneer and I thought we were past it. You know, I thought that all of this stuff that's happening in the world um, that has been continuing to happen, like I thought we could have more honest conversations um, but I think there's a fear around it. And I don't know, like, what did you feel when you were on that like precipice of like, I can either do what I, what I, what I know how to do, or I can do something different. Like what allowed you to make that decision for you? It felt more painful to try to push myself to be somewhere that I wasn't than to just sit in the pain that was there in the first place. Mm. Say that again for the people in the back. <laughs> <laughs> it felt more painful for me to push myself to be somewhere that I wasn't than to just sit in the pain in the first place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
you weren't there anymore. Yeah. Amazing. And I, I, <laughs> I mean, I, in, in truth, like, yes, I, I stalk you on, on Instagram. I mean, I check in whatever, but I, I had no idea. Like we didn't have a check-in before we started recording. We just went into this because I wanted to see what would natu- naturally and organically arise. Um, and like, this is the, the growth that people go and spend tens and hundreds of thousands of dollars for a guru to enlighten them about. True. So true. So true. So when you're working with clients, what do you see as like the common resistance points that if they could just see, or if they could just experience, it could be that, that breakthrough moment for them? Yeah. Well, some of them I've, I've seen this happen for, and some of them I would say are kind of sitting with the idea of this right now, but it kind of ties back to the experience I just walked us through, which is, you know, to kind of just be more uh, general at this point, like there's my, there are my symptoms and that's tough, but then there are my symptoms and then my reaction to the symptoms. Mm. And that makes it like double tough. So we can just work through acceptance of like where I'm at right now in general, like my symptomology, my current challenges, my circumstances, like not being a character trait, a defining moment in terms of like who we are at our core and just accept that like, that's just where our mind and body are right now. And if we can look at symptoms and emotions, big, small, hard, easy, as this, our body's way of naturally communicating with us to help us meet those needs, I think we'd all be in a bit of a better place. I think it's easy to villainize our emotions. I think just through a lot of societal programming, like, you know, when we're little, I remember like being shown the faces of like a sad, a sad face, smiley face, angry face, like, okay, decide like which emotion is what, what does this mean? And that was just kind of that. But then as we got older, like, oh, this isn't allowed. And being professional means like having it all together and never crying at work. And you've got to have a better work-life balance. You can't bring your issues to a professional space. And I, I always see more powerful moments when I can be very candid about kind of like where I'm at. If a client asks where I'm at, I'm going to answer honestly. I'm not going to take that and make it a therapy session about myself. I'm going to normalize being honest with where we are and modeling that for them. I'm going to normalize the fact that yes, like being depressed is hard and I wish I weren't depressed, but I'm not a terrible person for being depressed or I'm not doing something wrong because I have PTSD. And so it's just kind of changing our narrative around our experiences, I think is a really big point to always come back to, or at least learn to get to. Yeah. What, I, what I'm taking away from that is like, if we can be objective and curious about our emotions versus judging them and making them like a solid label that we're, we're carrying around, we can actually heal and, and yeah. make ourselves feel better too. And others in the process. Yeah, absolutely. There's like, I've heard this saying, I forget who said it, but like everything's a neutral statement and then we give it meaning. Like the neutral statement, for example, is like it's raining outside. The meaning could be like, I'm going to sleep so well tonight. I love the rain. It's so relaxing. Or it could be like, oh my gosh, like the rain always makes me feel so down and so tired. I hate when it rains. So neutral statement is like, I need help. I'm struggling. And then we can assign that with, it's because I'm not good enough or I need to do this better or be better or improve this. Or I just need the help and I'm allowed to get it. We all have our own challenges from time to time. And like having challenges and not always being happy or, you know, being at a point where I can say that I know exactly where I'm going in life. Like those aren't, 
bad things. These aren't bad characteristics. It's just a place that we're allowed to be because we're human. Mm-hmm. And it's messy being a human. Oh yeah. <laughs> but it's supposed to be. It's absolutely supposed to be. Yes. Like we're meant to like come here and figure it all out and go through the emotions and go through the highs and lows, I guess, like, or the ebbs and flows of life and like always find ourselves in that. Yeah. Are you familiar with the, the headwind tailwind? No. Okay. So this is another really good one. Uh Um, So in life we have headwinds. So the things, the obstacles that we have to overcome to become who we are, to get where we are. And then we have the tailwinds, the things that help boost us or accelerate or like allow us to go faster and easier. And the the key to it is that one thing, one attribute could be both. It could be a headwind at a moment, a tailwind at another. Like, so I am an early riser. Now it used to be an amazing tailwind because I worked on the East coast and I could get, um, you know, tons of stuff done before other people got going. Well, now I live in mountain time. And so I'm getting up and other people have already started to work. And if I get up earlier, then I got to go take care of the dog and then I can't be productive anymore. So it's, it's not even that it's good or bad. It's just like, there's friction that can come from it, or there's ease that can come from it based on how you apply it. And when your situation changes, it might change in value too. I love that. I'm going to use that in session. <laughs> yeah. But but if you think about it's like really- even the, the childhood trauma or the experiential trauma that you have in the moment, it feels like a heavy, heavy, heavy headwind. And as you're going through it, as you're healing, as you're experiencing it, you can be looking for those lessons and those nuggets that become your later tailwind. Mm, absolutely. I, and I love that because I think that, um, you know, again, with every emotion being allowed, we sometimes look at our past experiences, whether it be in childhood or different phases of adulthood, different relationships. And, you know, we can hold space for the loss. And we're, I think that's powerful and beautiful and so healing. Um, but there's also something that we can kind of gain at some points too. I think that's a really tough one to kind of navigate through sometimes because I don't think it's a conversation about something being meant to be, but it's like you said, like it's, you know, one experience can come with like several different angles and avenues that we can kind of take and apply going forward to something else. Yeah. So, you know, I was talking to um, someone the other day about, um, you know, like being super hypervigilant and, um, you know, stemming from childhood trauma because that hypervigilance at one point like kept them safe. And that's not a button now that they, they, that they can turn off. And so I said, so, so in a way, the things that, you know, the average person might overlook, you might notice, whether it's someone else who is uncomfortable in a work meeting or someone in your personal life having a hard time or, you know, someone offering you a gift and you're really thinking about how much effort and, you know, passion they put into giving you something. And so, like, in a way, you're really able to hold space for the emotions of so many other people not take it on as your own, but you notice, you observe, mm-hmm. you don't miss these things. And that's a beautiful part about life to take with you. And they were like, I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. But that's hearing you say that is reminding me of that example. Exactly it. It's exactly yeah. it. It's like some of the things that you think were like the most painful and the hardest things have given you such a gift in the way that you show up for other people. And then if you realize I can show up mm-hmm. that same way for myself, it's mm-hmm. like yeah. yeah. One of the other things that popped up as you were talking, um, because I was having I was having sessions uh last week where this came up, which is that you can have multiple emotions emerge at the same time. Mm -hmm. 
most people don't realize that they can experience multiple emotions. They think they have to be happy or sad, that they're not allowed to be excited and also grieving. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. It's that it comes up a lot as well in sessions. Like, you know, you're allowed to feel everything or a lot of things simultaneously. And I think we're kind of taught that as well growing up. Like, are you sad? Are you hungry? Are you angry? And it's like, I am everything right now. All the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and also, I don't think we have a really good language around emotions because even in the happy, sad, scared, whatever it is, like there are such nuances and people yeah. don't know what it even means. They're like, well, it doesn't feel fully happy. It doesn't feel sad, but I don't know what that means. Do you see this pop up with your with your uh, clients? Do I call them clients or patients? Uh, clients. Yes. Okay. Let's go clients. <laughs> <Good question>. Yeah. <laughs> clients. Um, yeah. Um, I, I see it happen. So I, I, I do um, therapy and life coaching separately mm -hmm. and I see it come up a lot in both spaces. Um, and so what I really encourage people to do is try to connect with how something feels in their body. Like mm -hmm. kind of like more of like the somatic angle, essentially, like we don't need a proper word or name, but like, if you pause for a second, you can tell me how that feels and then look for that next time. And if we can kind of learn like, okay, this sensation usually means that I am anxious. If I'm anxious, that means I'm feeling afraid. If I'm feeling afraid, the need is I need a sense of security or a sense of safety. Mm -hmm. How do I connect with, how do I connect with that or ask for support in that area? So I kind of help them look at it more as kind of like finding the trail to help them get to a need. That's what every emotion is in the first place. It's just your mind and body, like letting you know where you're at and going forward from that angle. Yeah. I love that. Finding the trail to get what you need. Yeah. It's like very Hansel and Gretel, <laughs> but without the witch. <laughs> without the witch at the end of the day. Yeah. Oh. Except don't leave yourself breadcrumbs because then the birds can eat them. <laughs> So I, I think I, you know, I like to plant seeds when we, when we have our next conversation, what, what is it that you're going to be most excited to share with me? Mm. I would say, I would say probably um, more action in other areas of passion. Cause like I said, like, you know, you caught me at a good time because I'm out of space now where I can like hold space for kind of like being out there and being active, like in the world. Um, whereas before I was like, all I can do is hibernate. And that's really about, that's the extent of like what my capacity is at this time. So my capacity has grown, which has been really helpful in my healing journey. And it feels good to be excited about the things that once meant something for me, but you know, for the last like year and some change just kind of felt more, more gray in terms of like my viewpoint, because I was, I would think I, I felt like I was more in survival mode, but I was really just kind of more into just kind of like sitting and not doing mode. Mm. And so coming out of that, I'm, I'm starting to feel excited again about some, uh, some things. Awesome. Awesome. So we focus on you first. And then if you can pass along a nugget of wisdom or maybe a tool or trick that you wish every person knew, what would it be? Someone told me this and I was, I, I think about it at least once a day that regardless of what you're sitting with and how hard it is, your mind and body will move on when it's ready. Mm. We're just going to breathe into that one. That's right? amazing. So I have, I have to share with you. Normally when I do podcasts, I'm like up here, like, blah, 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 blah. I'm like the most chill and relaxed. <laughs> so like, 
I just imagine like what it's like for your clients sitting in session. I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, we're just going to chill. Everything's going to be all right. <laughs> we're going to be good. That is great. <laughs> you just mellowed out the Spitfire. Okay. That's, that is wow. like, that's a stamp. <laughs> I have so enjoyed, so enjoyed catching up with you. Um, and I can't wait to be back in DC and do in-person events. Like we, we got I'm some excited. fun stuff that we need to put our heads together on and make happen. We're doing it. We're doing I'm it. You heard it first. Yes. I'm excited to have you. I'm excited to bring our synergy back to life. Like I know we're, we have it now, but like getting back together in the same room, same space. And I'm looking forward just to having you be a part of that and talking about that next time when I'm on. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. Amazing. I'm excited amazing. to reconnect. Yeah. Wonderful. And if people want to check you out, where should they go? Yes. They can follow me on Instagram at Andromeda Peters. It's, a-N-D-R-O-M as in Mary, E-D-A Peters. And I also have a mental health page at Your Mind Matters Global, which I post a lot more mental health content and um, daily inspiration and TikTok and drama to Peters as well. Wonderful, Lauren Dramano. It was a pleasure as always. You are now, I think, our most frequented guest at three. So you hold the record. Yes. That's what happens when we start early on the podcast. (laughs) Take note, people. Take note. Awesome. (laughs) Well, thanks so much. And for all the Spitfires out there, make sure you go check out Andromeda and y'all keep being awesome.